0: what's it like being a female? What's it like doing business as a female? And I'm like, it's just doing business. It's it's being competitive and bringing something to the table that someone hasn't done yet. That's the same kind of feeling that I get in CrossFit, that you belong.
1: Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest coaches, athletes, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tau, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to Swolverine co-founder, Alex Best. She has an interesting background in fitness, and we talk about a lot of topics in this episode, including what it's like to infiltrate, well, basically a fitness cult. I mean, what else is CrossFit? I'm joking, just sort of. We also talk about what it's like to be a woman in the extraordinarily male-dominated supplement industry and broader fitness industry. Alex is a real straight shooter. She doesn't hold anything back. And some of her stories from the trenches about not being taken seriously or being overlooked just because she's a woman, well, it was kind of eye-opening for me and it really changed my perspective on how much work is left to be done in this industry to make it more inclusive, open, and based on merit not just what you look like or your background. I hope you get as much out of this episode as I did. Please enjoy. Alex, I appreciate you taking the time to join me. Before we started recording, we were talking about how old I was in the fitness industry and how ancient I was, but we're going to talk about you for this <laughs> podcast. I was mentioning like events I went to over a decade ago and people were like, oh, it was around then. Um, we're going to talk about you. Tell us a little bit about your journey to get to where you are today in the fitness industry.
0: Okay. Yeah. Super excited. Um, Loaded question.
1: (laughs) Super loaded. It's like loaded like a baked potato. I mean, that question has... Hold on. (laughs) I tell people I'm going to ask that question and they get... They're like, oh, that's fine. And then right before we start recording, they're like, like, wait a minute, that's actually really hard, but too late. Go for it. (laughs)
0: I've always been an athlete. Um, I was always that weird kid who, you know, would do push up competitions at Thanksgiving and, you know, at school, challenge people to race and do things kind of like that. Um, I was a four sport varsity city athlete in high school and then got into college and kind of just did the college thing, kind of dropped out of sports and just lifted. Um, I was pretty did, fortunate. I got,
1: yeah. Did you, sorry, did you go to college with the intention of playing one or more of those sports or, or no?
0: I did, yeah. Um, I came from a family who had never been to school before, though, and I was friends with a lot of people who ended up at D1s. I did have a couple of D1 offers. In which sport? Basketball. I was a Hooper. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and it's just like one thing after another kind of didn't work. Uh, I only applied to one school for academics. and ended up being the University of Nevada. So I ended up going there. And we live in... I'm here in Reno, Nevada, and we live here in Lake Tahoe Basin, right? And so I grew up skiing. I grew up, you know, going to the gym. I got introduced to lifting really early. I think that's something that's really uncommon. A lot of people are like, how are you, how are you have so much muscle or how are you so defined? And it's like, I've been lifting weights since, I mean, I would lift weights with my mom in the garage when we we're in eighth grade, you know, sixth grade. She'd be like, try this one, try that dumbbell. And I'm like, why was it due? You know? Um, <laughs> so I guess that's kind of the long approach to where we got it. But you know, in college, I just lifted a lot. Um, CrossFit started becoming a thing. I remember dropping a couple CrossFit classes and be like, I'm not going to do this. Um, and everyone's like, you'd be so good at it. And in hindsight, I wish I did end up starting CrossFit, you know, 10, 12 years ago or whatever now. Um, but it didn't and that's okay. Right. It's never too late to start something. So yeah, I mean, and then I graduated school. So I have a science degree always was interested in being like PA or, or sports therapy or, and then kind of towards the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm going to become a sports psychologist. Right. And so athletes, athletics, all of that has always been a really, really big interest, but it was like, how do I fit into that? How do I fit into that world? How do I fit into that model? Okay. I don't want to be a doctor. Not smart enough for that. Um,
1: (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't self-deprecating humor (laughs) comes later in the podcast, Alex. Like this is the first few minutes.
0: I know, right? Sorry, guys. I have a pretty messed up sense of humor. So, <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. We'll get to that next. But uh, yeah, so from there, you know, I had just graduated college, and that's when I met my business partner. And at the time, he really wanted to start a supplement company. He had been, you know, training in the fitness industry, doing bodybuilding and that sorts of thing. And I had that sciency background and just this craving for sports that wasn't getting satisfied. You know, like that competitive spirit that like just something was missing and it was this huge void and we got to talking and I had taken a ton of supplements. I mean, I remember spending, you know, 150, 200, $250 at the supplement store. My mom being like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't put that on my credit card. And I'm like, okay, sorry. I'm just trying to get like jacked." And she's like, no, you don't need to, you know,
1: but the gains mom, the gains, you don't understand. She, seems, seems like she did understand. She's also a lifter. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Right. And so uh, she's like, just eat real food. You know how to do that? And I'm like, oh, yeah. But, but supplements is protein powder, peanut butter. Anyways. And so we started talking about starting a supplement company, you know? And from there, it was like, how do we make this a reality? Because there's a bunch of garbage out there. And at the time when we started it, a couple months later, I started having like these major issues with supplements and with my kidneys and like weight gain and all this weird kind of stuff happened as we're starting this company. And at the time, I mean, I was, 23. The company we started the company when I was 24. Okay. So I'm a baby in this, right? And and I just started realizing, like, with an athlete focus, a performance focus, there had to have been something better out there for athletes to choose to get to that next level and to stay injury free and not blow out their MCLs and not, you know, get these like breakdowns in their joints. And it just didn't really seem like there was that available in the industry. And so it was like, well. Let's uh, let's jump off of a cliff and build a plane on the way down, and that's kind of how we started it,
1: right? <laughs> I've actually never heard that phrase before. I'm totally stealing that. <laughs> okay, do it. That's that's outstanding. I love that.
0: <laughs> it's terrifying. It's it's, it's it's a good way to explain it, but I mean, it really is kind of the epitome of like we just had a couple pillars that we built the company off of that we still have as our values today. But that was the birth into the fitness industry for me, you know, and it was like, I don't know what the Kool-Aid is, but I'm going to pour it all over myself and figure it out and see what it tastes like later, you know, and here we are completely sopping wet in the in the fitness industry.
1: So <laughs> you, you extended the analogy. I absolutely love it. Okay. <laughs> when you started the company, who were you tar- who were you targeting? Like, who was your ideal customer? Because I think that says a lot about where you go in the communities that you play in later on.
0: Totally. So being in the Reno Tahoe Basin, we're surrounded by mountain bikers. We're surrounded by like uh, climbers, hikers, skiers, endurance athletes. We have like racing with you know, enduro racing in the desert with dirt bikes and things like that. And originally we were like, okay, well that's our community. That's near us supplements. As everyone knows is what we call in you know business, the red ocean. It's an absolute disaster to start a company in a red ocean because you're nobody, you're nothing. Um, and you're going against all these people that, you know, in companies that are already established. And it's just very, very difficult. So what we took from that was realizing very quickly that that is not the consumer we wanted to target, but we wanted to target endurance athletes. Then we kind of said like, okay, well, we're not endurance athletes, but we're strength athletes. And then it was like, duh, CrossFit, right? And so that was kind of my introduction to CrossFit was it's like, how do you be a strength athlete and an endurance athlete in the same two minutes? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where supplements really come into play. And that's where nutrition comes into play and where we got to recognize that even though it is a red ocean for the company, it's more so like, how can we not be average, right? Like, how are we not that average gym goer at first or, or and, you know, with the application of the supplements? And how do we say, like, we want to help people live every day at their highest human potential. So kind of twofold in your question. While the cross Community Community and the endurance and strength athletes kind of clung to us, we realized that we had to step it up and serve them. And so it wasn't exactly one of those things where we were like, yes, we see A and we're going to get A. It was just like, we have this value system and how does it apply? And then all of a sudden, we have this, this integrity or this promise to deliver to the people who take our products or who, you know, are familiar with our brand or even with ourselves that we had to uphold and take to the next level so that it wasn't just another average supplement company taking up space, you know?
1: Got it. I understand. So this is your entry into like real formal entry into the CrossFit community. This is not like doing the occasional drop-in class. You're like, okay, I actually really need to be in this community and of this community. Mm -hmm. Tell us how that goes. (laughs)
0: Like you walk into a gym and you're like,
1: you're like sign (laughs) me up for as long as you can. Like what, like how does that go?
0: So you're actually pretty spot on. Um, uh, at the time we we were like, okay, well, we got to start CrossFit. And literally we found out a gym and it was called Black Iron and it was here in Reno. And I don't know if anyone remembers Black Iron, but, you know, black, formerly now known as Black Iron Nutrition, right? The gym's not there anymore, but um, ran by uh, Chrissy Cagney. And we walked into the gym and I see Kelsey Keel, I see Keona Welch, I see, you know, a good other handful of very, very competitive, successful CrossFit athletes who were newer or Olympic lifters and kind of just looked around and did, I had no idea who they were. They were just people at the gym that had bigger delts than, you know, kind of the other people that went
1: to the gym. And I was like, wow. You're just looking at like the trap line, like <laughs> traps to shoulders. And you're like, that's how I'm going to judge. Okay.
0: Right. Yeah. They got like that kind of taper V taper going on. And I'm like, okay, they work out a lot. And I was like, what's this CrossFit stuff, you know, and, and that was kind of the birth into the actual gym scene. And, and it was very fortunate and a unique situation to be able to walk into a high, high performance gym like that. And to be really welcomed as just myself. You know what I mean? They didn't look down on me. They didn't say like, oh, well, you're just beginning or you're this or you have this company or you're trying to do this thing. We all just went in there. And I think Kelsey like mentioned to me, she's like, hey, you want to do Fran with me? And I was like, yeah, totally. Always say
1: no. (laughs) Folks, if you're listening and that's never (laughs) happened to you and someone comes up to you like, do you want to do Fran? And the more excited they seem, the faster (laughs) you run away. That's actually the workout. The workout is running away from it.
0: Yeah, pretty much any benchmark, right? Right back out the door. No, no, we're up for the challenge, right? We're we're going positive dialogue here.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, this is like a therapy session all over again. Great. I'm gonna die. <laughs> so how does that go? How does that first friend go?
0: Oh, so it was obviously I didn't uh didn't do too much, um, and it was great because all she said was, it's not about, you know, what you do, but it's about how you do it. You know what I mean? I think I had to ask her how to do the workout probably six times. Um, So she finally wrote it on a whiteboard and was like, stop asking. But um, And it was just kind of when she said it's about how you do it, it really struck a chord with me because it was like how you do anything is how you do everything, right? I mean, that's like a very cliche thing, but it's really true. And, And I think CrossFit and just like lifting in general and something that we recognize as the psychological kind of growth as an athlete or a fitness person is like it's rep by rep and quality over quantity. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously I got my ass handed to me. I was like this, I've always been a pretty skinny person. There's like one time in my life I got, you know, way out of control and then <laughs> kind of reined it back in. But, uh, you know, it was like, wow, this is hard, but it's, it fed that competitive spirit that was missing. Kind of like we talked about a couple of minutes ago was, is like that void all of a sudden had light in it. It wasn't a shadow. It was just kind of this, like, Whoa, what is this? Can I have some more? You know? And it's a pretty unique thing. I think anyone who's done CrossFit or just like gone into the gym for the first time or found fitness at a different point in their life where it didn't previously exist, it feeds our like primal spirit in a lot of different ways that I don't think there's a lot of things in life that do that, especially in a developed society, you know? So. I don't know. In a long, long way, long-winded way of answering that, I got my ass kicked. I had a blast, <laughs> and it's kind of just been there ever since, you know.
1: Okay. Next question: What mm-hmm. has what surprised you most about the CrossFit community? And this could be a positive. It could be a negative. I'm not trying to like get you in trouble here, right? But with <laughs> every community, there are ups and downs, mm-hmm. right? So I'm I'm curious as to your thoughts.
0: Yeah. So. When I got to go to that gym, I actually went to Black Iron for about two months and then we moved everything to the Washington state from Nevada. And so I got integrated in the community and then I left, like before I really feel like really getting into it, which was extremely unfortunate. Um, but it was a unique thing that I was able to take somewhere else, mm. right? And after moving a couple of their times thereafter, I think one of the things that surprised me was like the being welcomed into a gym. In CrossFit is pretty synonymous across the community. It's a very positive, like optimistic way of looking at it. Like you can pretty much fit in anywhere. But the thing that surprised me also was like, you're not going to fit in everywhere. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because there's communities that you have to explore so that you can find your individual community. And if you don't find it right away, then you can find it out another box. So it's like kind of twofold, right? It's a positive and a negative, but it's recognizing that like you're not stuck. I think another thing that surprised me too is also like I went to the games pretty quickly thereafter in like 2017 and it was like
1: as a spectator or an athlete
0: As a spectator I didn't not as a as an athlete no
1: Just I, I, it's it's important cuz they're very different <laughs> they're very <laughs> different experiences
0: <laughs> Totally, and I think the one thing that has always surprised me is how small, uh, much smaller CrossFitters are in person.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't chortle, but I just chortled. I'm I'm, glad we're not releasing the video (laughs) because I I had a very ugly chortle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true though. So I sit about five eight. I have a pretty like right now. I'm sitting at like one sixty three, one sixty five. Like I'm just kind of a. I would think I'm a bigger person. But like in CrossFit, like I remember seeing Brooke Entz for the first time, you know, going and spectating in the 2017 games. And I was like, she's like a foot smaller than me. Like, I'm like looking at her. We're kind of like looking at each other. And then I'm kind of like, stop staring at her. She, yep, she's shorter than you. It's okay.
1: I like uh, how you you found a way to make that weird. I like, that's what (laughs) I really like about that.
0: It's real. I'm really good at making these awkward, you know? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's why I insisted this could not be an in-person interview. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to be there. I swear.
1: <laughs> You're like, I don't want to be. I don't want to be. a. Company. Okay. Well, I think it's, it's, it's interesting hearing your perspective on that. Cause on, on the men's side, I've, I've seen that, right? Like there are very few elite level CrossFitters on the men's side who I've met in person who I'm not much bigger than. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, not, I'm like, not that big. Like with my hair, I'm six feet tall. <laughs> but like on a really good day. So I'm yeah. And, true. uh, yeah, it's always interesting hearing the perspective for the women's competitors because I don't have, I don't really have a scale there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. like, I don't really know how, I don't, I'm not a woman and I don't know what that feels like. So I don't really <laughs> have a good, I don't have a good scale for that. But it's interesting. I think crossfitters have, I thought they were trending to getting a little bigger. And then Matt mm-hmm. Fraser came along and he is not a huge person. No. But, was also, you know, was the strongest, fittest guy out there all the time, and like <laughs> somehow won all. Anomaly. <laughs> he somehow won all the strength events, even when he weighed, you know, fifteen pounds less than a lot of the other guys. Like, it happens, I guess. Um, right. I got us off track there. Okay, yeah. we're talking about surprising <laughs> things in the CrossFit community. It's okay.
0: The average CrossFitter is probably like five six. No, I don't actually know that. That's total bullshit. That's a very made-up thing.
1: We have articles on Barbend where we've tracked like average height, weight, age of CrossFitters across divisions. The only thing that's gotten true, more true over time, is that the average age has dropped significantly for elite Mm -hmm. level CrossFitters because people are getting into it when they're younger, especially on the women's side. Like you, you have podium finishers who are 17, 18 years old. So like on the men's and women's side, I think the ages have the people have gotten younger, athletes have gotten younger. That's pretty much like the main trend I think we see these days.
0: Yeah. Well, and to kind of capitalize on that too, I mean, like being an athlete when I was younger and like having my mishaps with like why I didn't pay, play in college and things like that, like CrossFit opens the door for, I think, younger women and younger female athletes to feel like an equal mm-hmm. or to feel competitive or at something that they can continue that is going to be after college or during college that you know what I mean? Doesn't exactly take a ton of money. You don't need like a D1 to be recognized. Like it's sort of, I don't, I don't know how to necessarily word that, but I think it gives this sense of hope and belonging in sport that traditional sports have, has not been able to accomplish. Like even since title nine started, you know, like cool title nine went in, there was some amazing women who have fought for them. People who have fought across the years, but it's kind of like a it's a given the moment you sign up for CrossFit, you don't have to like, you know, feel lesser than, and people argue, I, you know, take this next level we can get out of this real quick, but you know, men's and women's bars, like, I don't know, it's never even something I've thought about, or it's just like showing up and sweating and shared suffering. It doesn't really matter what gender you are. It doesn't really matter like what happens next, you know? And I mean, like, and a weird thing too, I guess was like. I've been asked too, like, how do you feel being a female business owner in the supplement space or in the fitness space? It's not something you see very often. It's not, I don't, I can't even tell you. I mean, I probably could tell you like five, but at least specifically in the supplement industry that I have connections with, I don't really know five female business owners in the supplement industry. You know what I mean? Like there's plenty of them, but in my circle. Right. And we'll say, well, like, What's it like being a female? What's it like doing business as a female? And I'm like, it's just doing business. It's it's being competitive and bringing something to the table that someone hasn't done yet, and that's the same kind of feeling that I get in CrossFit. That you belong and that you can. You know, it's not like, oh, hey, guess what? Once you get to college, like nobody cares about your sport, and that's the ceiling, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, cool, you got your degree, degree paid for, and you played softball, and ten people came to your games. You know, like, it's a pretty cool thing to be in the community and be supported. And I think it's a nice thing that we're seeing with social media in other sports, like, you know, the NPC or IFBB, like, there's this, you know, women are on the benches just as much as men. It's not just for legs, right? Like, we're out there, like, pushing chest day, back day, shoulder day. Like, it's not just, oh, the the dumbbells are for the boys type thing,
1: you know? I I was you preempted like my next two questions. So first get out of my first get out of my head. Stop making it weird, Alex. (laughs) No, no, I appreciate that. I do want to dig into that a little bit more. I do want to just give a quick note to say you you bring up a more level playing field in CrossFit is in competitive CrossFit compared to more traditional sports. And look, no organization is is perfect, and we've had a lot of guests on this podcast who have you know criticized things from all sporting bodies, including CrossFit. But what I will say. Is from the first iteration of the CrossFit Games through to now, the compensation on the women's side and the men's side has been equal.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. If you win it's the CrossFit,
1: yeah, if you win the CrossFit Games in the men's division, or you win the CrossFit Games in the women's division, it's always been the same amount of money. Now there are different like prize bonuses because if you win like more events, you get like bonus kickers. So it never actually like quite works out. Um, But strangely, the person who – well, not strangely, but interestingly, the person who generally, at least the last few years, has made the most money at the CrossFit Games is a woman, is Tia Claire Toomey. She's not competing this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was recently announced because she's pregnant. But Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting, and that's a a point that I think is easy to forget when it comes to competitive CrossFit, that since 2007 – as far as money goes, how much you can win, now that's not be, that's not factoring in like sponsor payments or anything like that. Just how much money you can win, it's the same and it always has been. So, yeah. Totally. I am curious you 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 talk, you preempted my next question which was talking about being a woman business owner in the supplement space and and you also preempted my next point which is that you are the minority in the space, right? You there are a lot more men who own and run supplement companies who work in that space than women. Has there ever been a situation, and feel free to be as specific or non-specific as you'd like, where you felt like you had to go further to prove your knowledge of the space and in the space than maybe a male counterpart might have to?
0: That's a good question. I think there's a couple things that have worked in my favor, I guess, so that I'll start with. There's like having the name Alex. It's short for Alexandria. I grew up as Allie. A lot of people kind of assume with names what genders are, Mm -hmm. right? So kind of behind a computer, it's like, I'm Alex, you know what I mean? And they're like, oh, okay, could go either way. So I think that eliminates some things. You know, I do remember when we first started and it still happens, but like we'll be at an event and we'll be, you know, vendoring or, you know, I have a booth or sponsoring competition or something. And you talk to some people, and you can tell. So my my business partner is a is a man, right? We do have a woman owned for myself business. Wist Wolverine um, is woman owned operated, but you can. tell tell what people gravitate towards more when you're talking to them. We have the same level of knowledge on our products. We have the same level of knowledge on, you know, what the benefits are, what, you know, amino acids are and collagen and all this kind of stuff, right? Why it works, the efficacies. But some people just tend to gravitate more towards a male or trust more of a female. And so rather than looking at it as like an obstacle that gets in your way, it's more like, let it be the way, right? Where I'll be like, you know, actually, you know, you know, Walter, why don't you talk to Jim a little bit more about amino acids while I go get his taster? You know, cause in my mind, he's like, I'm, he doesn't give a shit about anything that I'm saying because it feels like it's coming from a woman. You know what I mean? Like the moment though, he starts talking to Walter, it's like, Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Eat it. And I'm just like, okay, next.
1: That's you know a great I mean? impression of every conversation at supplement conventions, <laughs> by the way, that's a really great. <laughs> yeah, impression.
0: Yeah, I for work out, though. good? Like, <laughs> Oh, anyways. <laughs> So I would say probably that's the only time it's gotten that way. I have had some people, you know, be like, yeah, but do you really own it? Like, do you really do anything? Or would you really, you know, do what you say you do with the company? I've had that a couple of times and that's pretty shitty. But then it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I do. And you just kind of assert yourself, you know, you don't really look at it as a um, it's something to do with you that it's more so that projection of somebody else's insecurities because you're challenging their belief system and you're challenging their value system.
1: Alex, are you telling me that there are people who are insecure in the fitness industry? I've never heard this is my sarcastic face. I wish there were like a sarc I need to be clear I'm being sarcastic, but I just I can't believe that. People in this industry, they don't overcompensate for anything. What are you talking about?
0: I know, right? It's like taking the lifted trucks like twelve times too far.
1: Oh, that's a good, you have some really good like metaphors and analogies. I need to like take better notes here. This is, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to steal some of these and I'm, (laughs) but I'm going to have to give credit because I was like, that is, that joke came from a woman. That's a woman owned humor. That wasn't very, very funny. Forget I said that anyway. Sorry. What do you think has changed for the better, if anything about the supplement space since you've been involved? Not necessarily it could be due to your involvement it could be separate from your involvement like it, let's talk about a positive trend in the space.
0: People ask questions about what they're taking. Mm, okay. It's not as much but I mean if we're, if we're going to go like the positive optimistic route like people ask questions. They say like what is this going to do? Um why should I take it? It's not, I think what used to happen to myself included, especially before I got into the industry and before we started the company was like, I remember going in a complete nutrition or GNC and just eating up whatever that salesperson wanted to sell me. Like, and granted, one of those people ends up being like one of my really good friends still. Um, but I'm like, man, you made a lot of money off of me because like I didn't know shit and I didn't, wasn't willing to ask questions, you know? And one of the big things that I feel like we do with our company is we produce a lot of content so that you know, we want our consumer to understand what they're going to put in their body, what it's going to do and what to look for when they do, right? Because ultimately like our responsibility to our customer is that they're physically putting something in their body. It's not like, yeah, I wear this t-shirt might make me itchy because I'm allergic to cotton, but I'm going to risk it today. Like, no, these are people's organs. These are people's performance and what they're choosing to do. So before like anyone chooses to spend their money, we want them to be informed. And I feel like that's how we in our own communities have been able to produce that content. And you guys produce a ton of amazing content too. And that's why we align like as companies, I think is because it's like, it's not opinion based. It's very factual and it's very like, here's the evidence to decide what you're going to do and why. So I think that's good. I think that especially in the CrossFit space, it started out and you maybe can remember this, like people used to just be so against supplements it was like paleo. It was like, no, it has to come out of the ground. I'm gonna eat
1: dirt. Not really. But um, well, there were some kind of. there's some, there some hardliners, I'm gonna tell you.
0: <laughs> there were, yeah. And when we got into the industry, I do remember a lot of CrossFitters being like, I don't believe in supplements. Supplements don't exist in my mind. And it was kind of like, okay, well, how can we rewire that? And so that you can understand that there is a place in time for supplements, but there is also a place in time for food, right? And that's why we take like a very food-first approach. I think that's another option or thing where the supplement industry has gotten better though where it is food first. You know, it's not as much of like the, you know, just wild, who knows what's going in it type cross-contamination stuff. But I mean, if I were to take a non-optimistic approach with that, I also think there's people who don't give two shits about what they put in their product and who they're selling it to and why and if they're very, very big companies in our space and other spaces that like do not care. You know what I mean? And who are like willing to throw those marketing dollars and put those athletes as the face of their company to just pursue that financial spend. You know, and I'd like to think that the CrossFit community is pretty niche in that sense where we've watched a lot of companies try to come in and do that in our space specifically. And they haven't lasted, you know, because that's like not the integrity of crossfit and with drug testing and water and things like that people are starting to notice like i should give a shit what i put in my body you know especially at the higher athlete level so that's a really good thing too
1: you know alex where is the best place for people to follow along with you personally or at the company level moving forward
0: Totally. Um. So Instagram's pretty easy. I'm a little slow to the TikTok game, so maybe follow me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is A Y E. So like A-E, So A Y E A L I X. Like Hey Alex. So sign in my DMs. Say Hey. Um. Wolverine is pretty much our handle on everything. So at Wolverine S W O L V E R I N E. You can also always email us and say what's up, or hop on the live chat on the website. We would love to hear from you guys. Excellent. Thank you so much.
1: And we're recording this on a Friday. So like, have a great weekend. But these podcasts always come out on Mondays. So forget I said that, folks. Just ignore that.
0: (laughs) Happy Monday, everyone.